0: You're listening to episode 188 of the Room to Grow podcast. stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here and today's episode is a business episode. And this is kind of about an exchange of energy in business <laughs> and how you deserve to be paid for your work and your time and your energy not have your brain picked for free because I recently saw yet another post in a Facebook group of someone asking for business and legal advice and offering to take whoever was willing to help them out for coffee or green juice in exchange. (sighs) I, I don't even know if there's enough time on this podcast to describe the number of issues that I have with this. We have to stop this. And I'm seeing this everywhere. I've never, I don't think I've really actually talked about it on the podcast before. I'm not even sure how often I've talked about it like on social media or anything like that, but I, I've had these conversations in person with multiple people who are also entrepreneurs and it's really, and, and in the online space in general, I, I've seen kind of some, some rumblings about this in, in multiple circles, but I still am not sure that, that it's even being talked about in enough. I think that we really have to take this to next level to fully grasp and understand how borderline offensive it is when people are asking for that. It's not a good way to do business. And listen, I am the very first person to be open to collaboration and sharing information and knowledge and I'm actually in awe of the incredible humans that I seem to have attracted into my realm and that I continue to seem to meet and come across. It's amazing. And honestly, there have been times where I've been almost embarrassed to admit the amount of help that I've had. But here's the part that I don't talk about enough. I perhaps don't talk about um, as much as I should. And this is the part that you don't hear about maybe quite as often is that I have spent thousands upon thousands of dollars on coaching, certifications, courses, and education. And if you, if you include my university education into that cumulative uh, number of costs, then the the amount I have spent actually goes up even more, significantly more. <laughs> Even though I don't, my, so for anyone who, who doesn't know, I actually have a degree in criminology <laughs> and uh, a minor in psychology and I, I, the psychology and stuff, of course I use. I don't really use the criminology. <laughs> I think that I thought that I was going to be Horatio Cain from CSI or some sort of FBI agent. I'm not sure what, but um, yeah, I, I don't actually use that. But I also want to acknowledge my, my privilege here is that I've had access to a significant amount of education that many people don't have access to and the the means to find ways to pay for it and and all of those things so i have huge huge amounts of privilege that i have been able to have the education that i have and that i have had access to the the coaches and and all of these other people that i have found to work with but I've I have paid for it and, and I've paid very dearly for it. I've paid a huge amount. Not only that, but we're also talking about a, a massive amount of my time and energy to obtain this education and these certifications and all of those things. So when, when you're asking someone to so-called pick their brain, which really <laughs> I've heard this talked about before too, that When you think about that saying, it sounds horrendous. Whoever came up with that saying, it's not cute. (laughs) Picking your brain, that's not a good saying. But when we're having these types of conversations and when that expectation is being thrown out there and you're asking people to coffee or, or something to pick their brain without offering anything other than the $3 it will cost for their coffee, it's not a particularly nice offer. And quite frankly, it's an insult to the value that that person is bringing to the table. You, you are almost undervaluing, it. You, you are basically undervaluing their knowledge and expertise by only offering to pay for their coffee in exchange for the vast amounts of resources that you are then able to tap into from their brain, from their heads. And... In the past, I have spent far too long offering value and living in fear that someone would realize, oh my God, I don't actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hi, imposter syndrome. I've <laughs> got some episodes on that too. If anyone wants to talk about imposter syndrome, I've, I've definitely got some of those as well. And, and all of us experience this, this sense of imposter syndrome. But the, the actual reality is that I have a lot more knowledge than, than I give myself credit for. And so do you. You absolutely do. We all do. We all tend to underestimate how much we know. But when it really comes down to it, I am aware of what I'm worth. And I'm starting to step into that more than ever before. And I want you to do the same. And when we reach out to somebody and and we ask them for this type of exchange, when it's the price of a coffee in exchange for an hour of their expertise, energy, and knowledge, you're not only undervaluing them and and everything that they're bringing to the table, you're kind of undervaluing yourself too. And, And how much you have to offer, but you aren't offering anything in return. Like not only that, But we forget sometimes how much time and energy something like a simple coffee date entails. Think about the time involved for the coffee date itself. Okay, so minimum, usually an hour, minimum. Then there's the travel time to and from. There is the distraction from other tasks that could be much more lucrative, either from a relationship building standpoint or financial. And most importantly, maybe it's taking away from rest or time spent with loved ones or recharging your battery, something along those lines. On top of all of that, as an introvert, I often tend to have to kind of prep myself a little bit for social interactions. So that's then taking even more of my energy, both before and after in terms of the recovery from the social interaction and the preparing to have the social interaction. Listen, if you are going to level up in your business as an entrepreneur, or if you want to become an entrepreneur, whatever that is, you're not going to get there by offering to take people out for coffee to pull as much information as you can from them. You're going about it all wrong. But even if someone has a much bigger platform than you, that doesn't mean that you can't offer value either. Because if you can make this more of a give and take relationship, as opposed to just, you being on the receiving end, like one person being on the receiving end of, of by far the lion's share of, of the value, then you can start to make it a more even exchange. So I'm not saying you can't ever ask someone out for coffee to chat things over. I do that regularly, but when I do that, I do it in a way that I am making sure that I'm offering them value as well in return. And I also don't use the phrase, pick your brain. (laughs) We need to just stop using that. Okay. (laughs) But when you're thinking about how you can offer value to somebody else, think about your own strengths. What, what are you stronger? We all have strengths and weaknesses. So what are you stronger at than this other person that you want to learn from? that then you could offer them some of your strengths to, to lend out your strengths, your knowledge, your expertise in exchange for some of theirs. We have to get a little bit scrappy. We have to get, get creative and, and make it obvious as well how much you follow their work. Like if you're talking to somebody that you don't really have a personal relationship with, because a personal relationship is different. I it, and However, I'm still always very aware that even close friends of mine I never want that to feel like a one-sided relationship and I will always bend over backwards to do whatever I can to offer them value in return. And it doesn't mean that it's always going to happen in the exact same day. So, you know, for the same coffee date, maybe I'm just a lot more in need than the other person is and they're able, or maybe they just have a lot more knowledge in an area that I'm having an issue with. And then they're probably going to, like the scales are going to be tipped a little bit in that case, because I'm probably going to get more out of the interaction than they will in terms of benefiting. However, there's also, you know, the entire other side of things where I actually really do love, like, teaching and sharing my knowledge and helping someone along the way. So it's not that the other person doesn't get any benefit, but, again, we're talking about an interaction there where there's already an established personal connection, okay? That is different. When we're reaching out to strangers on the internet... Asking to pick their brain and and for their knowledge and and expertise. That's a different scenario So this is when we have to get really scrappy and creative and and In those instances, I'm not saying that it's impossible or that you should never do it, but you have to Rethink how you're going about it. So instead you need to make it super obvious how much you follow their work you know, take a look at where there might be a hole in something that, that they do that you could assist with, that you're really good at. One of the best examples that I've heard of this lately is uh, Chris Harder. For anyone who doesn't know who Chris Harder is, um, he's an entrepreneur. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll reference him in the show notes. He also has a podcast called For the Love of Money. He has a massive platform. And he was talking, this was a a while back, but I remember him talking about how someone with a much, much smaller platform than him reached out to him about helping to improve his, his skills on video and how he shows up because this other person, um, had a ton of experience in, in video, practically their entire career. And they said, listen, I know that right now you would be in a position to offer me much more value, um, than I can offer you, especially just in terms of platform size and, and reach and all of that, but I have this really strong background in video and you show up so well on video, but there's just a couple little things that, that you could tweak really easily to take it to that next level. I'd love to offer you some assistance with that. If somebody pitched that to me, I would be 100% on board, 100% on board. That would be amazing. And that's the kind of thing that you have to to look for. There has to be some back and forth here. On top of all of this, in my experience, many times the average person doesn't actually use free advice. James Wedmore, one of my coaches, always says that the transformation is in the transaction. I've quoted that before on this podcast because I, I really, truly feel so strongly about it. Because money makes people pay attention and actually implement what they're learning. It's, it's honestly, it's, it's a rare person who actually uses the free advice that they're given from someone with expertise worth listening to. And I've been among those people. When I don't have money on the table, I, I know myself. I know that I'm not quite as likely to pay attention. That's partly why I have spent so much money and an effort and energy on getting coaching and taking things to that next level. Because there is so much access like never before in human history to information. Anyone with a Google search bar can find the answer to virtually any question that they want on the internet. But the question is, are you going to actually use that information? Are you going to use what you're, what you're being given? Another example, there's uh, a couple of speakers that I've been wanting to meet and connect with for several years now. And recently I I saw that both of them happened to be speaking at an event, uh, this coming spring. I bought tickets immediately because what this ultimately comes down to is, is choices. And again, privilege that I, I had the money to be able to buy a ticket to this event. Absolutely privilege. I cannot underscore that enough. But the other side of that is that there are a lot of people out there who have the means like the financial means and otherwise to purchase a ticket but or you know to to purchase coaching or or whatever it is but they just don't choose to spend their money that way and it does ultimately come down to choices like what do you want what are your values what is it that you want out of life what are you aspiring to And in my case, when it comes to choices, other than food and uh, living expenses, like keeping a roof over my head, the majority of my discretionary income almost entirely goes towards things like experiences and investing in myself. Almost 100% of my discretionary income goes towards those things whether that's a gym membership, which is a huge part of my life, a very, very important part of my life. Um, both, you know, obviously on a, on a physical level, like maintaining my physical health, my mental health, and it's also kind of my social time too. Um, and I love it and, and it just, it brings me a huge amount of joy. So that's one thing. Then we're also talking, you know, travel adventures, time with loved ones, um, you know, taking a loved one out, on a, on a special date somewhere, um, go bowling, you know, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be ridiculously expensive. It's just, that's an experience. And then the, the last sort of piece of this, when it comes to discretionary income and experiences and investing in myself, my money goes towards furthering my education, my knowledge and making an investment in myself. And that's a choice. I could choose to spend that money elsewhere. And I don't. I choose to spend it in, in reinvesting it in myself. And sometimes you have to pay to play. You do. Sometimes you just have to pay to play. It doesn't mean that you necessarily work with someone one-on-one because that might not be in the budget for where you're at right now. And, and you might want to work with a coach that is, uh, way out of your league. There are all kinds of coaches. I know that are very, very high end coaches. We're talking like tens of thousands of dollars just to work with them for a very short period of time. That simply isn't in the budget for a lot of us, but there are other ways to go about this. You know, do they have a lower cost way of working with them? Maybe they offer one-off phone calls that you could book, uh, book them for instead of making a longer term commitment. There are different ways to look at something like networking. And I don't even like using the word networking because as an introvert, it it just, it makes me cringe. It sounds awful (laughs) to me, but Um, when it comes to things like, and and I have an entire episode on that, about how an an awkward, uh, social, like how an, how an awkward introvert makes friends and and is more social around the globe. So I'll reference that episode as well. But instead of approaching someone and saying, Hey, can I pick your brain for the price of a coffee? Let's look at what you can do instead. Okay. First up, when you meet people or you want to connect with someone, offer them something in return. Because this has to be a give and take. It's it's an exchange of energy, not a one-way flow of information and value from one person while the other gains all the benefits for the low, low price of a $3 coffee. That can't be how it works. So one great example of this is inviting somebody onto a podcast interview. Like there's never been a better time to start a podcast. And there's never been a better time to invite people onto podcasts as guests because everyone wants to be a podcast guest right now. So if you don't already have a podcast, now's a damn good time to start one. <laughs> so it, it's, it's mutually beneficial and you have the honor of getting the chance to chat with an amazing human full of interesting information and knowledge for anywhere between 30 to 60 minutes. Someone that you potentially would not have had access to otherwise. I can't tell you the number of amazing, amazing people that I've had on this podcast that I'll, I'll get off the call with them. And my mind is just blown that I've gotten to spend 60 minutes with this person that I've admired sometimes for years in my industry. And I would never have otherwise had a chance to connect with them that way. And to have that kind of a conversation one-on-one with them. These are the kinds of things that I teach about in my course, podcasting for impact is how to reach out to some of these people, how to build relationships with people that you've looked up to for years and to make that a mu- a mutually beneficial thing where maybe you end up actually becoming friends or referring people to each other or whatever the case this is the kind of stuff that I teach about in my course because that is is to me the ultimate power of podcasting getting in front of the the eyes and ears of the people that need to hear you most and at the same time getting to benefit from what that other person can teach you too. I'll also reference some episodes, some other podcast episodes on this topic in the show notes around booking guests and and creating a relationship with them because it's incredibly powerful. It's amazing. And it's a really fascinating, just, I, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Such an amazing way to take yourself and your learning and your education to the next level but you're making it more mutually beneficial. That's just one example, but that's a really great example of creating a relationship that is mutually beneficial. You know, you're helping them out by getting them in front of a new audience, new eyes and uh, new ears, and um, you are getting the benefit of learning from them when you might otherwise never have had the chance. Something else here, number two, is to do your research and do the work. I have an upcoming episode, I might even make it an entire series on how to pitch and how to pitch well, how how to pitch yourself, your ideas, uh, to, to sell your brand and what you're about to other people. So when you're doing something like this, you need to be thoroughly certain that you are doing your homework on this other person, this other brand that you're pitching to. And when you reach out to someone asking for them to give you something, with next to nothing in return, and it's obvious that you know very little about them, and you've put in zero effort, it's incredibly frustrating. And I get a lot of pitches like that, where it's very obvious to me that that person has never tuned into my podcast. They probably haven't even actually read the entire full description, and maybe they just pulled. Uh, if it's even one of the the slightly more decent pitches I get. They might've pulled the title of my last podcast episode, but it's kind of obvious that they didn't actually listen to it. (laughs) It's, it's really frustrating and it's obvious. It's very obvious. So if you're putting in the effort to do your research and to do the work, it, then the other person is much more likely to want to assist you. Number three is to be genuine because people are savvy and can smell bullshit like never before. And there's a lot of bullshit floating out around there on the internet, but people can sense when you're coming from a really genuine place. But if you're approaching someone selfishly and you're just looking purely for personal gain, that's, that's going to, that's going to show very rapidly. So when you want to connect with someone, make sure that you want to connect with them in a genuine way and, and for, for pure, real reasons. Not just because you're trying to be sneaky and like get as much out of them as you can. You, you want to actually make them understand why you value them and why you value their opinion so much too. That's part of what being genuine is. If you want to learn from this person so badly, you better be able to explain to them why you think that they're, you know, an expert in their field or why they stand out to you more than somebody else, for example. Number four is to have patience because building relationships with people takes time. It takes energy. It it, it takes cultivation. It's like making a plant thrive. It can't be rushed. Even if it's not happening as quickly as you would like it to. And I know what it feels like to not have patience. (laughs) Trust me. I am one of the least patient people I feel like, but it has become a skill that I have had to cultivate that I've been forced to cultivate a little bit more and when it comes to building relationships with people that is going to take patience more than almost anything else and it's going to take time it's going to take effort it's going to take energy not just a quick type into a Facebook group hey who can I take out for a cup of coffee for legal advice no that isn't how this works number what are we on number five (laughs) number five is when you do approach people, give them an easy way out. I, I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about this before, but it, I, I've, I have implemented this for years when reaching out to people. When I do reach out to people, I explain to them why I'm reaching out, um, you know, what value I, I can maybe offer them, why I think that they have so much, um, you know, why I have so much respect for them, all of those different things. And at the very end, I would say, you know what? I, I love what you do. I'd love to connect. Um, if this isn't the right time or if it isn't the, the right fit, no worries. I just want you to know that I appreciate what you do. Um, it's totally fine if, if this isn't, uh, if this isn't the right fit for you, you don't have to word exactly like that, obviously like make it personal to you, but I always give people an easy out because you're actually much more likely to get a response. Even if that response is no you're much more likely to get a response if you give them that easy out because otherwise it feels like too much pressure and and ultimately most of us don't really want to let people down. So when you let this other person know that you, you know, they won't be letting you down, you're giving them that easy out. They're much more likely to respond to you. And then maybe when it does become a better time or something like that, they're potentially going to remember you and remember that that you showed up in in a much more kind of genuine way in their inbox and when the timing is right or you know the stars align then that's going to work in your favor too so remember that and number six seems kind of obvious but I'm going to wrap up with this one pay them for their time and their energy and their effort and their knowledge and their expertise and their education and the value that they bring to the table pay them People deserve to be paid for their time, their energy, their expertise, and their knowledge. And so do you, by the way. So when you're reaching out to people, expecting it for free, why would anyone pay you? Because you obviously value that other person's uh, knowledge or or value. So little, you aren't willing to pay them, but you're expecting people to to pay you. So we need to remember this. We, We get what we give. And when we aren't willing to put money down on the table to learn from someone, but then you are, you're expecting to be paid yourself. I mean, we could even just argue that's bad karma. (laughs) Like that's just not some cute karma you got going on. But really you need to really get clear on what you're putting out into the world. And If you truly value what someone else brings to the table, you are going to want to do some sort of exchange. Even if it's not for money, then an exchange of value somehow. Like, What can you offer that other person in exchange for what they are giving you? Because it's worth more than three bucks, I can tell you that much. So I hope that this is giving you some things to think about. You know, when, when you see someone that you want to learn from, do your research, figure out how you could connect with them, how you could work with them, talk to them in the DMs, treat them as a normal human being too. And don't ask to pick their brain. Please don't ask to pick their brain. Make, make it, make it a much more even exchange and make it an irresistible offer too. get creative, get scrappy, you know, do the work. And that will show and people remember that shit. So let me know how this feels for you. Uh, Screenshot this episode, share it with somebody who needs to hear it. And if you see anybody else popping up in Facebook groups, asking to exchange the $3 coffee, maybe just drop this episode into into the comments. Not necessarily, you might piss a lot of people off, but hey, maybe somebody needs to hear it. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday.